I'm going to jump into, I'm going to, I'm going to share a little bit of a personal story of mine um, and hopefully tie in a little bit of perspective. Maybe you guys out there will relate to this. Hopefully you will. Um, I want to take you back to 2009. It was the summer. Uh, I was 20 years old and I was playing for a, a rather large church down in South Carolina where I worked for a while. And the, the, just to give you uh, an idea, around that time, there was about 35,000 members. And it was just this ginormous thing that had taken off, and I was playing drums there. Um, and we had a conference going on there. People would fly in from all over the world uh, to come listen to all these speakers speak. And I was playing drums for this conference, and a gentleman came up to me afterwards his name was Rob Ricotta. I'll never forget it. He's from North Carolina. And Rob pulled me over to the side. I never met this guy before in my life. He had just gotten home from uh, doing some work with Hillsong out in Australia. And he pulled me off the side. He's like, hey, man, I don't know if this is going to freak you out or not or if you believe in prophetic words. But the whole time you were playing, he's like, I was trying to worship, but I just kept focusing on you playing, and I felt like the Lord wanted me to tell you something. And he was like, what you're doing right now is no small thing. He's like, but you think that it is. And I was like, all right, I'm listening. Because at that time, I was kind of like, you know, I would like to, like, do something different. I, I want to do something bigger. I wanted to be more successful. I wanted to take drumming. I wanted, I wanted to be touring. I wanted to travel and see the world. But I was in this one town, Anderson, South Carolina, doing the same thing week in, week out. And he's like, what you are doing is significant, and it's not a small thing, and you need to take it seriously. He's like, and then he started rolling. He was like, I'm telling you, if you invest 100% of yourself in this right now, dedicate yourself to this, give everything that you have to this and stop thinking it's insignificant, he's like, the Lord's going to take you places that you never dreamed of. He's like, you're going to play on this album. You're going to play literally everything I'm doing right now at 32. Rob told me at 20 years old what I was going to be doing. Not, there was a lot of details that he was unclear on. And at that time, at 20 years old, you know, I was new in the faith. I got saved later in life. And so the prophetic thing kind of freaked me out. I was like, I don't know about this. But Rob was adamant about this. And so I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to refocus. And his words made me step back and reevaluate where I was finding my idea of happiness. Like, I, 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 it, it exposed that I was wrapping up my identity in some success, in some level that I had to get to in order to be good enough. Instead of 100% investing myself where I was at, I was allowing part of my brain, part of my focus to be diminished because I'm too worried about I got to get to this place that I'm not actually ready for. I think I'm ready for, but God knew that I wasn't. And so it made me, it made me step back and be like, okay, there's about 20 or 30% of my, my brain power, my, my heart that's being wrapped up in being worried about getting to this next level. I need to stop thinking about that, and I need to invest in 
where I'm at now because all we have right now is what is in front of us. And you know, we're constantly in a war with a comparison game. And you probably have experienced this. We live in a social media age. We're constantly bombarded by pictures, videos of other people's lives. Have you noticed so, Instagram, Facebook users? Anybody? Oh, don't, don't give me that. Come on, be honest. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. You're constantly being bombarded by the best moments of everyone's life. It's very easy to sit by yourself and look at these people on a beach, laughing, doing this thing, doing that thing. Have you noticed nobody posts the bad moments of their life at all? Zero. At the beginning of the pandemic, when everything got locked down, it felt like I was 12 years old again. I was in the South and it was a snow day. I know you guys continue to operate with snow, but let me tell you something about South Carolina. The night before, you're watching the news and you're just like, come on, just say it. Just say there's a chance. That's all you got to do, weatherman. Because if they say the word snow, everything's done. Everything's done. It's, it shuts down. There ain't nothing going on. We ain't going to school. Okay, so when lockdown happened, we had just started a tour. We were five shows in. Boom, everything's canceled pretty much for the rest of the year. At that time, we did not know that, but that's what happened. So it began, and I was like, this is like a snow day. I'm going to go buy some Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I'm going to eat the whole box tonight, and I'm going to play some video games. I'm not a video game guy, but when I got nothing to do, I like video games. And so I did this for the first two weeks of the pandemic. I'm talking like I kept Cinnamon Toast Crunch in business. Like they were like, wow, our South Carolina sales have got shot through the roof. It was me. Um, and so at that point, I realized I cannot do this the entire time. I got to like do something. I got to I got to work out. So me, all the guys in the band and a few of our friends around the country, we all got uh, this idea to do beach body on demand like the P90X and all that good stuff and start working out together. And we have a group thread that still goes to this day. We all we all work out, we check in with each other, keep each other accountable. But it was when I started working out that this phone right here was listening to me and tracking oh, this guy's working out, so we're going to start sending him all the workout stuff. We're going to start showing him all the people who are better than him. We're going to start showing the, all the people who are far superior at this. And for me, I started working hard, and I actually saw progress. I actually, I actually saw more progress in my life at that point, but all these images started flashing on my screen. And you know what I did? I stood in the mirror and I told myself how much I hated myself. I had made so much progress, but I was too blinded with this comparison game to realize, dude, I need to be celebrating. I, I personally have accomplished something, and I'm allowing this comparison game to knock me off 
realizing that I have actually done something significant. This comparison game, super dangerous. It's very, very dangerous. And it's, it boils down to we're comparing ourselves to the wrong standard. And at the end of the day, we have to know that Christ truly loves us unconditionally. This world is full of conditional love. Are you, are you this certain weight? Are you pretty enough? Are you, are you talented enough? Are you, are you good enough for this? It's all conditional. But the Lord, the way he measures us, it's unconditional, man. No matter, no matter what you are, who you are, what you do, God loves us unconditionally. And at the end of your life, what measure of success do you want? When you're, when you're, if you, if you could imagine yourself, you're in your last days, who do you want to say that you were successful or that you had achieved something? Do you want your friend's measure of success in the world, everybody else's opinion to be like, yeah, you were successful? Or would you much rather have Jesus say, well done, good and faithful servant, you were successful? That's what, that's what we need to get back to because there's only one of you. There's only one of you in the entire world, in the entire existence, in the history of humanity. Think about that. Currently, we have 7 billion people on the planet. And all the people who have existed before and all the people who will exist after, there's only one of you. You have talents. You have skill sets. You have abilities. You have, you have ways of loving people that no one else could reach a person except you because of the way you love, the way you serve. And I, I just want you to hone in on that because it's so easy to think, well, this person does it better than me. Being in the music industry, let me tell you something, as a drummer, my gosh, I struggle with this all the time because I constantly see drummers who could run circles around me in playing. And it, it, it gets to me sometimes. I get in my own head and I'm like, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. But you know what? There's only one of me. There's only, I can, no one can play drums like me. No one can bring the power. No one can bring the passion, the energy to an instrument like I can in my own way. Just like I can't go be another drummer. I can't mimic them. I can't do that. Every single one of you has a specific skill set and talent that is, uh, that is significant to you and unique to you because you're the only one that will ever exist. And the Lord wants you to use that. Now, let me tell you something. Now, with me wanting to go to a higher level back in this place where I was being formed, I will say this. Your talent can take you places that your character can't ultimately handle right now. Your talent and your skill can get you in a lot of doors, but it's the character that will actually keep you in a room. So if we're trying to outrun God, if we're trying to outdo his plan and say, gimme, 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 we might end up in a place, he, and he might very well be like, okay, go for it. Go for it, since you know better than me. And you will get to a place where you might achieve everything that you've wanted, 
and then it just goes away because your character can't sustain that. And it's all about in those small places, in those places where we feel that it's insignificant, God is actually building our character. God is actually preparing us for what we're going to do in the future. And it also feels good just to remain faithful in those small places and surrender control to Jesus because it takes a lot of pressure off of you. All you got to do is just be still, do your thing, be a child of God, and just enjoy the ride. I can't tell you how much of my 20s was spent worrying about getting to where I was going instead of just enjoying where I was at, enjoying the small things. And let me say this too. When God sees that he can trust you with a little, that normally means he's going to promote you because he can trust you with that small thing that he's given you, and he'll see that he can trust you with a lot. And that's normally when you see life start escalating. So you may feel stuck right now. You may feel trapped in whatever you're doing. You may feel it's insignificant. I promise you it's not. You're being prepared for something larger and greater down the road. And I'm not saying that that's monetarily, that's not career. It could be. But man, I mean, geez, you know, you could be being prepared for an even greater depth of relationship with Jesus that you haven't experienced yet in the place that you're in. Um, the scripture that I want to tie into all this today is my favorite scripture um, in the whole Bible, and I read this one a lot. It's Deuteronomy 30, 15, and 16. It says, Now listen, today I am giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep his commands, decrees, and regulations by walking in his ways. If you do this, you will live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you and the land that you are about to enter and occupy. I love this verse because it points to the realities of life. I'm giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. Every single day we're faced with choices. Every day. There's always a choice in front of us to do the right thing or do the wrong thing. And the other thing I love about this verse too is that when it says, I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep his commands, decrees, and regulations by walking in his ways, if you do this, you will live and multiply, and the Lord God will bless you and the land you're about to enter and occupy. It does not say he might. He probably will. If we walk in his ways, you will live and multiply. God will bless you and the land that you're about to enter and occupy. That land future stuff. Staying faithful right here, walking in his ways, he will bless you in the land you're about to enter and occupy. See how that works? So what happens when we don't choose right, though? Anybody in here made a bad decision? Anybody done anything that's shame, still like feeling shame, guilt over? Notice my hands in the air. I'm, I'm the chief leader on this one. I'd raise both hands and my feet if I could. It's very easy to think that when we mess up or when we've taken a wrong turn in life, 
God isn't going to use us for anything anymore. It's very easy to be in this place of shame and guilt and think that it's all over for us. Let me just say this. If you're out there feeling that way today, I'm living proof that God still uses sinners, people who mess up, people who've lived years in shame and guilt. The Lord still chose to use me, and I have no idea why. So if you're out there and you're dealing with any of those feelings, I just want to encourage you. It's not over for you. God loves you. God loves you. And I don't want to dismiss that sometimes our choices have consequences. Sometimes the Lord does discipline us. And it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good at all. I've been through it. But man, he's always looking out for us. He's always wanting the best for us. He's always wanting to get us to that point to where we walk in exactly what he wants for our lives because, man, he is a God of a million chances. This world, you mess up once, canceled. That's all we see today. God doesn't cancel us ever, ever, and he never will. And if you just simply look throughout the Bible, my gosh, have you read the stories in the Bible? The people that God chose to use? Wow. I'm tattooing the story of David on my arm because you know this guy was called a man after God's own heart. But you know also know what else he has tied to him? Adultery, murder. Read Psalms. The dude was schizophrenic. One day up here, one day down here. And I just want to venture to say, and again, you know, this might be getting in on the comparison game, but man, we, we, we read that story of David. We might be, we all probably doing pretty good in this room compared to that. And yet God still called that guy a man after God's own heart. It's not over for you. It's not over for you. Now, Here's the other thing about being faithful in the small things, too. We could be faithful all day long. We could get it all right. And pain is still going to find its way into our lives. Bad things happen to bad people. Bad things happen to good people. We live in a fallen world. It's just the way it is. Pain, pain is going to find a way in. And if you're in a season where you're not experiencing pain, that is awesome. And I hope you stay there as long as you can. But be prepared because it is coming. It does come. It comes in waves. It seems to come in seasons from the short 32 years I've been on this earth. I know many of you have more experience than me, and you could probably give me so much more wisdom on this, and I would love to hear it. I really would. But I spent many, many years of my life in pain and bitterness anxiety, anger, rage, because some people hurt me really bad. Back in about, I guess, 2011, you know, two short years after 
this guy had spoken all this stuff over me. The people that said that they loved me the most abandoned me, hurt me deeper than I've ever been hurt before in my life. It was people in my church. And notice I did not say the church hurt me. It was people in the church that hurt me. Not all. Not all. I can't group a whole a whole uh, congregation of people in on a few people who hurt me. But at that time, my brain, I was, oh man, everybody was an enemy. And I spent so, so many years wanting to see these people hurt the way that I hurt, wanting to see their lives fall apart. I'm just being honest with you. I'm not going to sugarcoat it and say like, oh yeah, I forgave them. And went and bought a box of Cinnamon Toast Crunch and everything was fine. I wanted to see them hurt. And as a person that stayed in that bitterness, that anger, that rage for a very long time, I don't know if anybody's going through this right now currently in here, but as a person who spent way more time there than I should have, I just want to encourage you, spend as little time there as possible. Spend as little time there as possible. Here's the thing, though. You're not wrong for feeling that way. If you've been hurt by somebody, if you've gone through any kind of pain, you're a human. Don't blame yourself for feeling normal human emotions. It's just what we do with those emotions that ultimately decide where we're going to end up. For me, I stayed there, my gosh, six, seven years And that bitterness and anger, you don't think that that will come in and destroy your house, your mind, your temple? Guys, I know what it's like to get to the point where you don't want to live anymore. It was 2016. I had everything I wanted. I had had made it. Disciple? I was a fan of Disciple when I was in middle school. I bought Disciple CDs. I worked at a Christian bookstore when I was in high school selling their CDs. I worked at a radio station as a DJ playing their songs. I was all of a sudden two years into playing for one of my all-time favorite bands. I had the touring. I had all this stuff. But I was miserable because I was so focused on wanting to see these people crumble And this pain, like me get some kind of revenge as if that was going to make me feel better. I was so depressed and I did not want to live anymore. And there may be people in here going through those deep, dark emotions too. You may be at a point in your life where you feel like living just isn't for you anymore. Or the world would be better off without you. I'm here to tell you that's not true at all. And if that's you, there's no mistake and there's no uh it's by no mistake that you're listening to my voice because god wants to tell you he loves you and he sees you even if you don't feel seen he sees you he saw me he put he put great people around me to help me through that to help me through that depression and i promise you it may not seem like it but there's a light at the end of this tunnel it's really dark I know it is. I can sympathize with you. But there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And I need you to just keep pushing. And I want to encourage you to feel what you need to feel. 
Feel those emotions. Like I said, don't blame, don't, don't punish yourself for being a human or feel guilty for feeling that way. You're a human. And you may not be okay today. You may not be okay tomorrow. You may not be okay in a week. You may not be okay in a month. You may not be okay in a year. That's okay. The thing is, keep pushing forward. Working to release whatever that pain is, that unforgiveness, that bitterness. Let it go. Do the small, faithful step today. Find that small thing that you can go ahead and start being faithful in. This ties back into being faithful in the small things, and it'll get to bigger things. For me, that was working on releasing this bitterness. The biggest freedom I found was thinking about those people who had hurt me, thinking about those people that had put me in a really bad place in life. And I started to pray for them the things that I would pray for myself. You want to talk about the hardest prayer you've ever prayed? Think of the person who's cut you deeply, hurt you deeply, and pray the things over them that you would pray for yourself. Ain't nobody in here going to pray anything bad on yourself. Not at all. We're, we're always asking, God, please bless us. God, please give us that promotion. God, please keep us healthy. It was through a lot of small steps and a lot of years that I finally got to a point where I was like, hey, God, this person, I hope they, I hope they have an amazing life. I hope that you bless them. I hope that you keep them safe. I hope that you bless their family. I hope you bless the generations that come after them. The amount of freedom that came from that and the realization that I did not have to control that situation anymore because you realize whenever we're wanting revenge on someone and we're asking God to be like, get them. Get them. What if God is like, okay, and then he blesses them? Our idea of revenge is not the same as his. And the best thing is, is when we release that to him, we don't have to worry about it anymore because it's in his control anyways. Our idea of revenge would be whatever it is that we think would make us feel good. But I promise you at the end of the day, it would only leave you more bitter, more broken, more depressed, more anxious. And the last thing that I'll share with you is that when it comes to pain, I've normally found in my life, that pain is a precursor to promotion. So I have learned that when painful seasons come at me, when things get hard, when things get stressful, I freak out a little bit. That's okay. I'm, I'm still a human at the end of the day. But as I continue to practice this, when pain comes, I'm like, I embrace it. I'm going to get through this because there's something great on the other side. And it may take a day, it may take a week, it may take a month, it may take five years. I don't know, I can't, I can't sit here and give you time frames, but pain is normally a precursor to promotion. <laughs> so when those painful seasons come, embrace them. Because you know what, we have Jesus to help us through it. 
all you, all you here at the church, it looks like you have an amazing community here. I'm sure you've got friends that you can lean on in these painful times. Pain is a precursor to promotion. And even in that pain, we can be faithful by doing the small work of working up towards being able to pray for our enemies or whatever that looks like for you. Now, there are levels of pain. I do want to recognize this. There are levels of pain in this room that I could not sympathize with because I have not been through what you've been through. And I want to say that because nothing's worse than a person being like, I know exactly what you're going through, and they've never been through it. So there are levels of pain in here that I 100%, you're probably like, Joey, you don't know my story. And you're right, I don't. And I, I wish I had answers for you. I really do. But the only thing I can point to is that Jesus sees you in your pain. He loves you. And you are more than enough for him. And you will make it through. If I can make it through, you can make it through. I just want to read this scripture one more time. And then uh, I guess I'm going to pass it off to AJ. Oh, this guy. I forget your name. I'm so sorry. Um, but uh, I just want to read this scripture one more time. And guys, just remember, um, we have a choice every single day. We're faced with choices. Some days you're going to get it right. Some days you're going to get it wrong. And that's okay. It's part of being a human, part of being a Christ follower. And as time goes, I hope the pendulum uh, swings more towards the making the good choices. As we learn more about how God loves us, how he sees us, how he has unconditional love for us. Now listen, today I'm giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep his commands, decrees, and regulations by walking in his ways. If you do this, you will live and multiply. And the Lord God will bless you and the land that you're about to enter and occupy. Write that down. Deuteronomy 30, 15, through 15 and 16. I have this written down. I read this every day. Put it in a place that you can see it. Bathroom mirror. We all, we all probably look in a bathroom mirror every single morning. Write this sucker down. just want to say thank you so much for letting me share. I know that I'm kind of all over the place, but I hope it connected with you and I hope it made some kind of sense. But thank you so much, guys. Appreciate it. As we close this morning, you know, Joey started off his testimony his time talking about comparisons. And so guess what, Joey? Comparison time. He talked about, you know, growing up, living in South Carolina. I spent three years in South Carolina, living in Spartanburg. And what he said about the snow was actually very interesting. I grew up in this area. It took, takes a blizzard to shut this area down, right? I was in school in 77 up in Eisenhower. It took a blizzard for them to decide we're going to close school. Down there, first year I was there, December of 86, they got a little bit of snow. It was actually about four inches. 
they don't just shut down, you know, here, we'll shut down this business, this school's closed, this and that. They shut the entire county down down there. They don't waste their time saying this is closed. Spartanburg County is closed. That's how they do it down south. And I was like, you know, we made, it was a running joke for us is because a lot of my fellow students were from, you know, Michigan, Pennsylvania, New Jersey. So the only people that were out were us northerners and the one snowplow they had for the entire county. So, you know, so we still so we still kind of make jokes about it, Joey. So, um, but did you hear what Joey was saying? You know, he's got he's getting this story of David written on his arm. And if David had stayed in his shame, if he had stayed in his sin, we wouldn't know about him. It's because he left the sin, he left the murder, he left the adultery at the feet of the Lord. He said, Father, take these things from me. Search my heart and know if there's any evil ways in me. And he said that sincerely. And so if you're sitting here this morning, if there's shame and guilt that are still holding you in bondage, don't leave here with it. If you need to come to the altar, we have people that will come and pray with you if you want that. But don't leave this place. We've said this time and time again, people. This isn't just about coming here and having a good time. You know, hearing you know, the young people sing worship, to hear these guys, their heart. It's about you coming into a relationship with Christ and not leaving here the same that you left. You know, the word that Joey got that one morning, you know, when he was playing in the church worship team, praise band, you know, a 20-year-old young man, it takes one word from the Lord to give you a new direction. He was doing what God had gifted him to do, and God gave him the word that what you're doing now is nothing compared to what you're going to be doing someday. So if you need a word from the Lord about what's going on in your life, if you're struggling with anything, come and ask the Lord to give you that word. He may use another person like he did with Joey, but he may speak directly to you. So don't leave here the same that you came in. So the altar's open. If you need to come forward, give something to God, repent of sin, for, forgive somebody. Part of what he shared at the very end there is if you've got somebody that just every time you see them, you just want to say, Lord, what are they doing? Why do I still have to look at them? Pray for them. Bless them. Don't curse them. You know, when Joey was speaking about that, the book of Esther came to my mind. Is that when Haman and Mordecai were having their little differences, is Haman came in and, you know, he was, you know, the king says, what would you do for a person that the king wanted to bless? And Haman's all, oh, I'm, I'm getting promoted here. And he said, these are the things that the, that the king should do for this person. You know, give him the royal stallion. You know, give him a you know, title of the king's friend. Do this and this and that for him. Okay, do that for Mordecai, your enemy. So when you're praying for that person, bless them, Lord. With all the things that I would ask blessings for myself, give them to that person that has wronged me or abused me. Whatever your issue is with that person, pray the blessings of God over them. Let's close in prayer. Again, the altar is open. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the guys and disciple, for their hearts to serve you, to worship you with all of their hearts. And that they will use the gifts and the talents that you've put inside of them to proclaim your name, to open eyes and hearts, Lord, to you. Lord, we thank you that the blood of Jesus sets us free, breaks the bondages that we're in, that we allow ourselves to remain in. 
Break us free, Lord. Set us free. Open our eyes to your love and to the purposes that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Again, if you need tickets for the concert tonight, they're for sale out in the booth there. Find one of the staff. You know, we'll get you set up with that concert starts at 7 tonight. And bring a chair or stand. Have a great day. Thank you. Yeah.